Hi, kids. It's a special Thursday night show of the Loud Pedal, <clears throat> presented to you by the Comfort Experts. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing needs, call Kevin or Mike at 845-374-2000. I am joined by my co-host and hostess, Michael Clark Griswold. What's up? Jennifer, the ghost, Houseman. Hello. And, of course, me, the mouth. Our special guest tonight is the voice of the NOS Energy Drake World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series, the announcer's announcer, the electric guitar, Johnny Gibson. <laughs> How are we doing, guys? We're doing, doing great. Johnny? Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. I would say so, we're not having as much fun as you are since you're down yeah. in Southern Florida and we're up here in the Northeast. <laughs> freezing cold. Yeah, getting snowed on right now <laughs> as we speak. Yeah. So I'm so, sitting in Florida in my motorhome talking to you guys and watching hockey on the big screen in front of me. <laughs> oh, what game you got on? Uh, Penguins and Islanders. I'm a huge Penguins fan. I grew up yeah, in Pittsburgh. I was going uh, to say, go Pens. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so how did you get into announcing? How, how did, like, the love for racing, dirt racing, how did that all come about for you? Um, the announcing part was basically just being in the right place at the right time. Um, as far as my love of racing, you know, having grown up in Pennsylvania, I grew up going to races. I, my dad is a huge race fan, and that's where I got my love of the sport. And for as long as I can remember, we've spent weekends going to races and uh, just kind of grew from there. I, uh, um I graduated from college at California University of Pennsylvania, um, was living in Pittsburgh and basically working a series of really lousy day jobs and playing uh, drums in rock bands. And my, nice, uh, nice. Know, my goal in, my goal in life was to be a rock star. That was, uh, that was my plan for uh, making a living. Um, that obviously did not work out, but in the meantime, uh, you know, weekends that uh, the band wasn't playing, I was off to the races and getting to meet people involved in racing. Uh, met uh, Kevin Eckert through uh, uh, Guy Smith, and uh, you know, had been uh, reading his columns in Speedway Scene and Guy's columns in uh, Area Auto Racing News, and got to know Kevin pretty well, and uh, Kevin was living in Indianapolis at the time, and I started going to Indy more often to go to races and hang out with him. Um, basically just kind of got tired of the scene in Pittsburgh and was looking for a, a bit of a new start. So in 1994, I moved to Indianapolis, and the thought was, okay, just to change the scenery, I'll hook up with a band there and still kind of continue on that path. Uh, but through Kevin, I met a gentleman named Bill Woodside who was working for the World of Outlaws selling programs. And he was also writing for uh, Wayne Kynes' Sprint Car uh, newspaper. So I got to know Bill, and uh, showing up at World of Outlaws races, I'd help him sell programs. I'd be the guy that walked through the stands, you know, hey, get your program here, that kind of thing. And when Bill decided to quit the program gig with the Outlaws, they asked me if I was interested in it. So I became a full-time World of Outlaws employee uh, selling programs. And when I was done selling programs on the nights that we had the TV shows on uh, TNN, I'd go to work for the production company. I'd be a spotter for a cameraman or a runner or something, just you know, helping to get the broadcast along. And that's how I met Bobby Gerald, who was doing some pit reporting for TNN. Mm -hmm. 
Bobby and I got to be pretty good friends, and Bobby was announcing at several tracks in California, and when the Outlaws got to King Speedway in Hanford, California in September of 96, Bobby asked me if I would come up to the booth and do an interview with him after I was done selling programs. So I went up to the booth, we talked a little bit, and he said, you know, with as much knowledge as you have of the sport and your, your enthusiasm and everything, have you ever thought about being an announcer? And I said, you know, not in any serious type of way. And Bobby handed me a microphone and said, first heat race is coming out, give it a shot. So oh, wow. I did one heat race that never announced anything before in my life. Did one heat race, and a couple of weeks later, Ted Johnson called me up into the office of the Outlaw Souvenir Trailer and said, uh, hey, we're going to do something different next year, which I thought meant, well, hell, I have to go get a real job now. And he said, you're going to be our announcer. And it's, you know, here I am 25 years later. 25 years now you've been announcing for the Outlaws. And, yeah, uh, this is my time. I actually just started my 25th season as the announcer for the Outlaws. 25 now, years. That's awesome. Now, yeah. Now, last year with COVID and everything, the uh, the first race that they had uh, after COVID, the Knoxville race, was the first time you hadn't been at the track to announce in, like, forever, wasn't it? Like, since, like, 90s or something? Yeah, actually, um, so the way I describe it is I have I have not missed an outlaw race as far as working the race, whether it was announcing or even before that selling programs. The last race I missed was uh, the Syracuse Rolling Wheels weekend in uh, October of '95. Was the last wow. time I missed an outlaw race. Now again, the you know with the COVID thing, I was not at Knoxville last year, but I worked the race. I mean, I was on the mic. I was just in the studio in Charlotte, so I don't consider the streak having been broken. If other people want to, that's fine. It's not really worth you know no, arguing over. No. no, it counts. We said it counts, so therefore it counts. <laughs> Now, how tough was that so announcing I, from I, the booth? I think uh, it, was, it was very, very strange. Um, and we had talked about this several weeks before it happened. You know, okay, what happens if we, we get back to racing? There are no fans in the stands. You know, do we, you know, do you go to Knoxville? Do we do it from the booth here or from the studio here, rather? Uh, we, and, and I said I was okay with not going to Knoxville. You know, I'd still be calling the race. And I understand logistically it made sense to not have me in Knoxville with no fans in the stands. And actually, as, as the day got closer and closer, I got less and less okay with it. That, on race day, it, just, it was so surreal to not be at the racetrack, and it was uh, a little unnerving. But again, we, we got through it, and it was a unique experience. And it, it's interesting now, and I talk about watching the hockey game as I talk to you guys. You know, a lot of the NHL playoff games last year, a lot of sporting events have been done that way since COVID. I know right. a lot of the broadcasters are you know, in a studio somewhere or even in, in a home studio calling the event from a monitor in front of them. So I think you know, we were kind of one of the first to get that done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Now, uh, Johnny, we're all from the, the Northeast here, so we're all in, in modified, big block modified territory. Uh, mud turtles, and, mud turtles. Yeah, yeah the, the mud turtles. And uh, <laughs> so my home track is Bridgeport Speedway, which we all know that they just went through a huge renovation and Doug Rose completely changed that track around. And you all will be making an appearance there this year. My question is, are you going to help uh, call the modified race or is that going to be on the home track announcer? 
That'll be on the home track announcer. I'm basically sprint cars only unless there are uh, really extenuating circumstances. But uh, and, and that's probably a good thing because uh, you know I, I actually enjoy watching the modifieds race, but I don't know nearly enough about them to to do a decent job on the on the race call. That's got to be somebody who's a lot more familiar with the cars and the drivers and statistics and things like that. You know, I could probably muddle my way through it if for some reason you know. The, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. You talk to yeah. me. I'll but um but otherwise you know my my area of expertise is world of outlaws nos energy drink sprint cars and that's probably where i should stay i think it would be amazing to hear you call a modified race i'm just gonna throw that out there it would be awesome if you want to if you want to kick bridgeport's announcer out of the booth for that race i'll be i'll be okay with it you know if if you mess up if you mess up on a couple of names, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah, nobody cares anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm actually, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Bridgeport in person because I've seen some videos from uh, the, the newly reconfigured racetrack, and it looks awesome. And uh, you know, they had, you know, I, they've just put so much work and effort into that place. I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to see it in person. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Go ahead, Brian. Brian. I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the. The world outlaws on there, and uh, they actually are giving the PA posse a, a race before that race to kind of get a little bit of track time, I guess, to be prepared mm. for them boys. Hometown cooking, smell it. <laughs> there we go. Hey, it was a posse driver last time we raced at Bridgeport. Double yes, it D. Was. Double D. Yep. You either love her or hate him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, out of all the sprint car drivers you've been around, who do you consider to be the greatest of all time? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Could it be the guy I that mean, won I, it 20 times? It, it's either him or the guy that's won it 10 times and is still right there in contention every night and night, night in and night out. It's, it's one of those two. Especially with a Ford motor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have gone on record and said that, in my opinion, what Donnie Schatz has done in this era yes. is, to me, more impressive than what Steve did in his era, simply because the cars are so even now, and for so many years, you know, when Steve was driving for Carl, they had a mechanical advantage. They had a car that was way better than everyone else. And, and Steve has even admitted to that. I did an interview with uh, Steve and Craig at a uh, corporate function at Eldora Speedway several years ago. And, and Steve even said, you know, there were nights when I had a car that was a couple hundred pounds lighter than everybody else. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, what if Kyle Larson well, ran full-time World Outlaws? Do you think he would be able to catch uh, Donnie in the championships? I, I don't know. I mean, he'd have to run full-time with the Outlaws for a long time. And uh, there's no doubt that Kyle Larson is a once-in-a-generation talent. And he is probably the most talented race car driver of any kind I have ever seen. Yep, Having great, said great. that, yep. you know, he's had so much success racing against the Outlaws in a situation where he can basically come in and just go for it night in and night out. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, um, uh, DNF hurting his chances in the point standings. It's a different type of racing to run for a championship. Do I think Kyle could adapt? Absolutely. I don't know whether it would happen the first year out or not. It would be very interesting to see. 
It's a grueling yeah. schedule. That that'd be another thing too. What is it like eighty races a year? I mean, could he? I mean, you guys are going what three, four nights a week at some point in time. Right, and 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 I again, I think he could adapt. Would it be you know something he could do easily and right off the bat? I think it would be very interesting to see. But again, I think you know you look at the drivers like Donnie Schatz and like Brad Sweet, who has been a two-time champion now, yeah. and look at their mindset on race day and and how they win championships. Yes, they're in contention for wins every night, but you don't see them on a night where maybe they have a fourth-place car junk a car trying to get to second and end up, you know, the 24th in the, in the finishing order. These guys know that, you know, if the car is not exactly right, maybe you have a fifth place car tonight, you take your fifth place and move on to the next night instead of trying to take a fifth place car to third and end up, like I said, you know, 20th or 24th. Right. There's a difference. You're absolutely right. There's a difference between say a Brad Sweet and a Kyle, uh, and a Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson go go for broke, and okay, like you said, won't hurt any points on him because he's not going for points. As a Brad Sweet or a shot, they're going to point race, like you said. Right, right. Uh, and again, the- do I think do I think Kyle Larson could adapt to racing that way? Absolutely. It just we have not seen him in that situation. Now, on the opposite side of that spectrum, who do you think is one of the the better up and coming young drivers? I personally am a huge uh, Sheldon Hanenshield fan. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's that would be the first name that I would go to on my up-and-comers list. And again, I think Sheldon is in that situation where you know he's fast, he has speed every night. Sheldon has to take that next step as far as you know points championship racing of knowing when it's time to just let the car be where it's going to be for that night. And I think he's gotten better at it, and I think it will continue to improve. You know, again, Sheldon is certainly one of those drivers. That you know wants to run up front every night and, and go for the win. And uh, again, when uh, talking in terms of championships, I think that's the that's the next step in Sheldon Hodenshield's evolution. Yeah, now, you see there. a lot of diff- yeah, you see a lot of tracks throughout the year. Uh, what's what's one of your your most favorite tracks to go to on the schedule? Uh, my absolute favorite track of the 376 or so that I've been to in my lifetime is River City Speedway in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Wow. Okay. It, it, it's a <laughs> yeah, high <wow>. bank. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> well, what, Grand Forks, North Dakota or 376 tracks? 300 plus tracks. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Um, and, and, and see, to me, it, it's not all that impressive when I know people who have been to over a thousand different racetracks. So to me, That's 300 impressive. and some is, is not, you know, that big a number. But, um, but back to River City Speedway, the reason it's my favorite, it's a high bank quarter mile, very, very wide. Um, and uh, it's just, it, it's fast, but it races really well. Again, slide jobs galore, wide racing surface. And my, I have a preference for smaller racetracks. I think you see better racing yeah. on smaller oh, tracks. I think yeah, you get in, into traffic yeah. sooner. Um, so my, my preference tends to lead toward uh, smaller racetracks. Uh, um, now, there's some rivalries going on, like with the Outlaws versus these guys. What do you think is the best rivalry out there? Like uh, the Outlaws versus the PA Posse, the Outlaws versus the Ohio guys, or, or the Outlaws uh, versus yeah, the NorCal I mean, guys? It, 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 it's the Outlaws versus the Posse. It's, it's stood right, the yeah. test of time. Yes. It's still, okay, you know, uh, 
Uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to tell a race fan who has never experienced that sort of atmosphere, you know, a race to go to, you send them to Williams Grove for the National Open because of the atmosphere, because it's unlike anything you'll see anywhere else. I, I describe it as like a college football game where the outlaws are the visiting team. Right. Like that's just that's the atmosphere you find when the outlaws take on the posse, and especially at the National Open. You should see some of the Facebook pages, boy. When you know you got your outlaw faithful and you got your PA posse faithful, they and they just go at it like it's Ohio State versus Michigan or Penn State versus Michigan, something like it's unreal. The fans really and, get into and, it like that too. They they really do. And, and to be quite honest with you, I think the fans are probably more into it than the drivers. I mean, yes, there's a yeah. rivalry amongst <laughs> yeah, the drivers, <laughs> but there there is also that level of respect. The the Pennsylvania drivers know that the outlaws, you know, are are the best. They do this night in and night out. The outlaw drivers know that the Pennsylvania guys are the best at their home tracks and race there so many nights during the year. They have uh, an advantage that way. Um, so uh, you know, there's a level of respect. And and again, the outlaw guys want to beat the posse guys. The posse guys want to beat the outlaw guys. But I think the fans take it to that next level. I think the you know the rivalry between the fans is a little more intense than the rivalry between the actual drivers. Who is your all-time favorite sprint car driver and why? I honestly I, don't really have a favorite. I, I, I and, and I don't think really I, I should. I, I think it in, in my position, <laughs> I just, I, I like to see great racing. I, I really do. Um, you know, I just want to see fantastic action on the track, and I think I get an opportunity to do that, obviously, with, with my job. Um, right. You know, I mean, you know, guys that are not out there anymore, like as a kid, Rick Ferkel was my favorite driver. I you know, was a huge Rick Ferkel fan. Um, Brad Doty, um, yep. you know, a guy that I, I, I miss seeing compete night in and night out that I got to see a lot at the start of my career is Mark Kinzer, who I think, by the way, is probably mm. the most underrated sprint car driver in history, and I think he's one of the five best that's ever sat behind the wheel of a sprint car. I got a cute little story one, um, about what Mark and Steve. One year in Orange County, um, you guys were making the New York swing, so Orange County is my home track. And those two were going at it for the win, and those two got together coming out of four because the rivalry was already going on between. It was pretty heated between Steve and Mark at that point in time. And here comes Dave Blaney putting along. I'll never forget that and wound up winning the race. <laughs> Everybody stood up like, oh, shit, here it comes. Now they're, you know, we're going to see a family feud. They're going to fight on the track. Well, you know, us New Yorkers get, you know. Right. <laughs> Well, that was that was that was a, it, that was kind of neat to watch. I remember Joey Saldana one year put it down to 16 flat time at Orange County. You know, I got some memories of that <laughs> stuff like that too. If you're at Mount Rushmore of sprint cars, who's on it? Steve Kinzer, Donnie Schatz, Sammy Swindell, Doug Wolfgang, and Mark Kinzer. Those five. Okay. That's pretty. All right, pretty we're, solid. we're gonna have to add five a wing places. on. For, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and it was just like boom, boom, boom. There was no hesitation. Yeah, no hesitation. No hesitation. No. And, and, and again, I'm I'm going based off of the drivers that I've actually seen compete. You know, I I really you know guys from 
the 50s and 60s who I never got to see race a sprint car. You know, maybe they deserve to be on there. I can't say because I've not actually seen them race. Um, I only got to see Jan Offerman a couple of times, and that was yeah. after his first accident in the Silver Crown car. So I never got to see him at his peak. So, you know, I, again, just going by the drivers that I've seen. Now, uh, going back to the PA Posse, I did see today that uh, Lance, Lance DeWeese. DeWeese was offered an invitation to the Bristol race, but has declined. And he got right. shit for it, too, from, uh, it? you know, the fans. Oh, this, that. Like, come on, the guy's a Hall of Famer. So what's, what's your takes on the Bristol race? Um, I think it's going to be an amazing event. I think that doing the invitational thing was absolutely the right thing to do. Again, so much of it is for safety's sake that you know, Bristol has the potential. I'm not saying it's going to be the fastest track in the history of sprint car racing, but it has the potential to be that. Uh, you know, We were turning uh, track record lap speeds of 137 miles an hour 20 years ago. Yeah. So what could yeah. it be like? With, right. Yeah. And... It's, you know, it's about drivers that are capable of racing at those speeds. And even more so, I think it's about the equipment, the cars, you know, that you're going to put on that racetrack to go that fast need to be the very best. They need to be, you know, tip top shape. And now as much as I know, there are a lot of sprint car drivers all across the country who would love to come out and say, Hey, I raced against the outlaws at Bristol. It's really no place for, you know, stuff that is marginal at best. You know, right. at, at speeds like that, something breaks, it's going to get ugly, not only for the driver in that car, but the other drivers on the track as well. I, I agree. I 100% agree. I mean, now the, go ahead, Mike. Uh, the, the fastest tracks, is it still rolling wheels right now? Well, and that's actually not the case. We've actually gone back and adjusted that. You know, that the rolling wheels average speed at the time was based on a track measurement of, you know, calling it a five eighths. And we've been going back through and using GPS technology to actually get a, you know, a true track size. And, and when you do it that way, rolling wheels actually comes out to just barely over a half mile. So okay. that average speed lap went from you know, nearly 151 miles per hour down to about 119. Okay, so oh, then, wow. Orange County, then Orange County's, uh, when Saldana put that 16.083 time down, it was almost an average of 140. Yeah, no, that that probably would not be the case because Orange oh. County does not come out to 5.8. Again, <laughs> that was probably based on 5.8. Yes, it was. <laughs> Come on, so give, me something. <laughs> give me something. <laughs> so what track? What track is the fastest? So uh, um, you go back to the Springfield Mile when the World of Outlaws ran there. Sammy Swindell had a 145 mile an hour average lap. That's insane. So Springfield was actually a little faster than Syracuse. Um, Springfield was a little wider and more symmetrical. Um, so you know, the the two mile tracks are probably you know the the two fastest, and then um, you actually get into places like Eldora and Knoxville, and uh, you know those the half miles like that. Um, but and again, even Eldora, not quite a half mile according to GPS measurement. What about Lebanon Valley? 
Because that, that's a pretty fast racetrack, too. It, it, it's a fast track. I'll have to go back and look at the track record okay. there and see what and what the record was and, and what we ended up measuring that track as. But it, it would be certainly be up there. Now, what about uh, Lawrenceburg? Because Lawrenceburg is going to be very similar to Bridgeport. Bridgeport, similar to Lawrenceburg. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> And Lawrenceburg is definitely a, a very fast racetrack, and, and we've had fantastic action there over the last few years. So uh, if, if the action at uh, Bridgeport is comparable to Lawrenceburg, then I think the fans are going to be in for an amazing show. Yeah, I think it should be pretty pretty similar. I mean, when you're when you're seeing slide jobs with modifieds, I think the sprint yeah. cars are going to absolutely <laughs> they're going to be amazing. Un- yeah, that's unheard of with our mud turtles. Uh, they're racing like sprint cars there. <laughs> they, they really are. They're, they're racing like wingless sprint cars there. They are. It's great. It's absolutely great. You're going to love it, Johnny. You're absolutely going to love it. Best, best like I said, definitely looking forward seen. to that. It's going to be the best modified show you've ever seen. You're going to become a huge modified fan after yeah. this. You, you're, might quit, you're, you might quit. Yeah, you might quit the World leave, Outlaws. Yeah, you're going to leave the yeah. World Outlaws. You're going to go announce for Super right Dirt Car Series. No, no, just, no. <laughs> yeah, you're going to come the, join us in the Northeast. We are stealing same. you from your gig. <laughs> You know, actually, uh, having grown up in western Pennsylvania, I got to see Modifieds quite a bit as a young race fan. I mean, they ran Lernerville every Friday night, and I got to see a lot of Modifieds there. And even in the, you know, my very, very young days, and I'm still calling them coops, but got to see them race at places like uh, Latrobe Speedway and uh, Raceway 7 in Ohio. And, of course, Sharon Speedway had modified as well as sprint cars. So I, I had to see quite a bit of modified action. And it's not like I didn't see them until I ever went to New York with the Outlaws. <laughs> well, it's better now. <laughs> or, or, or even, even some of the small block stuff that back in you know, the the days of the tri track series in Pennsylvania. One of my oh, yeah. favorite, uh, one of my favorite double headers as a race fan, uh, as a, as a young kid, was going to Penn National for the small blocks and super sportsman double headers. Now, if you had to name a favorite driver in the modifieds from back then, who would it be? Lou Blaney. Um. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, probably my favorite modified driver is one of the drivers I consider to be one of the five best race car drivers of any kind oh, no. that I've ever seen. No. And it's Billy Pouch. Oh, all right. Oh. All right. Well, I thought you were going to say somebody else. Well, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we haven't talked to Billy Pouch on the show, but we did talk to his son on the show, yes, Billy Pouch Jr. Son. Billy Pouch Jr. has been on the show. Okay. Now, I mean, really, look at what Billy Pouch has accomplished in his career as a race car driver. Obviously, so famous for the big block modified stuff and the, or the small dirt modified stuff, northeast style modifieds. But I mean, he's won World of Outlaws races. At Q's. He's oh, that's won. He's at Syracuse. Yeah, he, yep. He's been successful on both asphalt and dirt. Look, look at what he did at Flemington, the race of champions, when they paved Flemington. Yes. Oh, yeah. He never got in that. Never drove a car like that before in his life. Got in it and won. That's. Oh, yeah. yeah the man's yeah, started last and won. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 63 uh, career 410, um, 410 sprint car wins against the posse, and he didn't do it full time. Yeah. That's to, that by itself exactly. is impressive. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So does he? All right. With that alone, do you think he gets uh, um <clears throat> into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame because of that, or nah? He needs more more of a body of your work. I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe eventually. Okay. Um, 
know, I I would give him serious consideration if I were on the 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 board. Um, I I would definitely give him serious consideration. Um, I think the fact that you you really have to dig into sprint car racing to find out just how good he he was may hamper him as far as something like that. But I mean, I you know. I, I think he's, again, one of the five best overall race car drivers I've gotten the privilege to watch on a racetrack. Yeah, he, he's, he's definitely got a seat at the table as one of the greatest of all times. Uh, just to modifies by itself, yes. So, Johnny, uh, obviously we saw the, the terrible news. Obviously you guys got <clears throat> snowed out this weekend, but then the news breaks that uh, a couple other races have been canceled out in uh, out in the West, so do you think that's uh, going to be kind of a trend this year? A lot of tracks are going to cancel due to safety reasons? Well, I, I think it's just a matter of where you are. And, again, I think it will be fairly similar to last year, at least until the latter part of 2021. I'm hopeful that, you know, by the time we get to August, September, that maybe things will open up a little more all across the country. Maybe you know, more people have had a chance to get the vaccine and, and, and things like that. I think – Right now, it's definitely going to depend on where in the country you are and what local restrictions are applied and that sort of thing. But keep in mind, we got to race an awful lot of places last year once we came back from that initial shutdown. And I, I think you'll still see a lot of World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series action in 2021. I think that uh, you know, you'll see some announcements coming out here pretty soon about uh, events being scheduled in place of the ones that were canceled earlier this week. So I, I still think there's going to be plenty of racing. I still think you'll see, you know, upwards of 70, 75 races this season. That's a if lot. Not That's more. still a lot. That's, That's still a lot. a lot. On a short seat. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, we keep in mind, we had 91 on the schedule. Wow. 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 I don't know how you guys, I, you know, in all seriousness, I don't know how you guys do it. That's a, wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah, not much of an off season either. I mean, do you wake up? Do you wake up like, where am I? Does it get to be like after? No, after you're like into it, getting grueling. You know, you're dogging it. Like, where am I going tomorrow? Where am I? And who am I? Does it get like that sometimes? Yeah, there have definitely been times you wake up and like, hey, wait, what what track am I at right now? <laughs> yeah, what state am I in? <laughs> uh, um. But, again, 91 seems like a lot, but back in the day when I first started full-time with the Outlaws, the mid to late 90s, there were years where we had over 100 races. Shoot. Man. That's, Man, that's a lot of racing. That's a lot of racing. That's that's off to those guys. Yeah, it is. That's off to those guys. They, you know, whatever, to all whatever the guys that should... make it happen. Yeah, that's, that's insane. That's a lot of racing. That's got to be a lot of wear and tear on the body and the mind. It's it's definitely grueling. I think that, you know, in addition to the, the great drivers that go up and down the road with the outlaws, you know, you look at what the crew guys do. Look at the guys that are getting the transporters from race to race and doing the maintenance and, and repairing a car that's been crashed and then have to drive five hours overnight to the next track. You know, oh, those, those guys are, are in, in, in my opinion, the unsung heroes. Absolutely. I, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, before we let you go, is there anybody – you want to give a shout out to anybody you want to thank? 
I'm just thank you guys for having me on. This has been fun. I, I, I like the discussion. I like actually, you know, getting to talk some of my roots with Northeast racing. And again, as a Pennsylvania guy, you know, originally that, uh, you know, getting to talk some of the old days and some of the old modified guys and so on. But, uh, again, thanks for having me on and, uh, really looking forward again, you know, Bridgeport on the schedule. Um, hopefully that, uh, you know, by July, things have opened up enough where we can get back to New York and get to Ransomville and Weedsport. And uh, again, just looking forward to, you know, some better weather and, 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 and getting back on track with the schedule. Johnny, <clears throat> Johnny, before we go, just, we, I got to ask you, can you just, can you just yell quick time for us real quick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see, we've only been on the phone a little over 30 minutes, but for a podcast, I guess that's good enough for quick time. Thank you. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. I love nice. that. Thank that's you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Johnny. Thank you yeah, so much. We, we appreciate it. Again, thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun, guys. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. That was Donnie Gibson, everybody. Brought to Hello. us by the Comfort Experts. Call Kevin and Mike at 845-374-2000 for all your heating, plumbing, and cooling needs. That was awesome. Y'all, that was pretty cool. He's from Western PA. Got to talk. Billy Pouch. That was like, I, I swear to God he was going. I, you know what? You know what you think he's going to say? Stuart no, he's, he's like, no. No. Brett Hearn. Oh, he we said it all the time. I'm like, oh, he's going Hearn. He's so going Hearn. That, that's some bitch going Hearn. No, he uh, said no. Billy. That was pretty cool. Western PA, Western PA guy don't root for Hearn. You know? No, I, I, you know, Lou Blaney's. He used to race out around there, so I was like, maybe I'll pull out a Lou Blaney well, or something. Doesn't doesn't the Blaney's own part of Sharon Speedway? Yeah, I think so. Are they used to? Yeah, no, that was cool. That was really cool. Um, you, um, UFC new sponsor for Matt Shepard, uh, for the rest of the year and twisted T and twisted T. Yeah. There you go. Oh, <laughs> if everybody's wondering where PBR Josh is, cause we're not, he's out on assignment still. Yeah. We don't know what assignment he's just out on assignment. Yeah. He doesn't know what assignment he's on either. Cause, uh, cause he's PBR Josh. Yeah. He is PBR Josh. He's a mess. Guys. Oh. a mess. That guy was that was a lot of fun talking to him, a lot of fun. Yeah, he's a he's a very talker. energetic man. He is, he is even even off the track. Good gosh. Yeah, it's like he's probably Walker. Uh, who knows what he was doing? He was watching his uh, hockey game. Yeah, he probably wasn't you, sitting still. You know what? He would probably be a great announcer for a hockey game. Probably be a great. He's a great. He'd be a great announcer. Right? He would liven up a baseball game. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. Oh my for gosh, sure. I would watch it just to hear him announce because baseball is boring as fuck. <laughs> okay, how long has this batter been up to bat? Like an hour and a half. I mean, Johnny make it really. Oh, it'd be so great. Quick tat, you know something. Uh, that would yeah, be right. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. I'd have to get awesome. him a contract with a major league baseball team. I don't care who you pick. I'll become that fan just because of that, man. Yeah, exactly. He'd probably be a Pirates fan or something like that. Is that yeah, he'd he's definitely be Pittsburgh. a Pirate. Yeah, he's from Pittsburgh, so. Um, oh, oh uh, coming Pirates fans. Got a new, little New York track news. Can't amp could go 33% capacity. 
I think all New York tracks can. Yeah, well, I think they should be 100%, but that's none of my business. uh, We got some uh, New Egypt Speedway news. Oh, here we go. They built a quarter-mile track in the infield, or not a quarter, a quarter-midget track in the infield at New Egypt. Isn't that called Bridgeport? (laughs) No. Uh, All right, so what are they naming it? I don't know. I think just a New Egypt quarter mile, yeah. quarter midget track. Is that what we're going to yeah, call yeah, it? I guess, yeah, I guess it's over. Looks like it's in turns one and two. Okay. Turns so. one and two. Okay. Yeah. All right, whatever. I'm looking yeah. forward to see what uh, Mr. Goulart can do down there this year. Uh, I agree. I, I think agree. Sco- Scooby's going to be down there too, I believe, correct? Uh... Is he calling New Egypt home or is he going back to Bridgeport? I, I don't think he said. Oh, Cozy's going to Bridgeport, I think. Is he? I think. I saw a car on, uh, I think on his fan page, it said, uh, yeah, Bridgeport. It was in the 401, and it just said they're going to run Bridgeport. I don't know if that's for the March race only or some special, his special show, you know, show car for Bridgeport. I don't know. Uh, that'd be cool to have him. Uh, there's going to be a lot of cars at Bridgeport this year. Yeah, there is. It's yeah, it's gonna be a like lot. the Lane of Legends, but in Jersey. Yeah, it really is. Oh, well, we got yeah, Krejcian, um, uh, Billy Senior. I think Ryan Watts calling Bridgeport home, correct? Yep. Go down. Go down. Well, we're assuming go down. Is there? Well, yeah, right, you're right. Yeah, we'll assume. I, we'll assume Ryan's going think, there. Yeah. Ian Kowski. Alex. Yep. Yep. Um. Brink Stanner. Yep. Well, yeah, when he's not doing sprint car stuff. Yep. That kid, he did all right down on um, first, the Florida first swing. Yeah, first, first yeah against, against, against the national guys. Yeah. And he qualified you know, for the two nights that they had racing. Yeah, no, he did great. Timmy Buckwalter sets fast time for both nights, which is pretty oh, good. Oh, which uh, is good. Timmy good Buckwalter will be at Bridgeport. Yeah, that's right. He'll be at Bridgeport. Who else, Jennifer? Uh, I'm trying I don't to think. Know. For, I'm trying to think. For I don't know, right? I don't know. You just listed like half the half the show. Well, if that's half the show, there's only be 12 cars there. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> what, what is this? A New York track? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, some other some other New York news. Uh, Brett Dale taking over Utica Rome. Yes, Friday nights. They used to race Sunday nights, right? Correct. It used to be called New Venture Speedway too back in the day. Now they're taking Friday nights, and they're going to take some cars from Albany, Saratoga, I bet you. One of them being? The Colonel. The Colonel. Mike Maresca is invading Utica, Rome. Rome, Rome. I mean, he's paying almost $1,000 more to win every week. Oh, yeah, I'm so there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, hello. Let's see, do I race for $600 or $2,400? Yeah. Yeah. So... Now here's a question for you. I know it's probably this is probably gonna be a dumb question, but uh No such thing as a dumb question. No, oh, there, I, uh, I was, no there is. Me and no, you were no. tradesmen. No, me and you were tradesmen. Yes, there are. Yeah, and I, I know where you're going and I was wondering this myself. <laughs> where are we going, Jennifer? What I question are you gonna ask? What's the Come question? On. Does Matt Shepard go to Utica Rome or does he go to or does he go to Outlaw? Or does he stay at Outlaw? I'm gonna text him right now. And ask him. Yeah, we, <laughs> Yeah, we just need his number to do that. I, I have, have it. I have this number. <laughs> oh, well, I have it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 
looks like you're odd man out, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> what else is new, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's hit newsflash. <laughs> Uh, I know. What, I mean, because he's won. I think he's won a championship at Rudica Rome, or he's got a couple probably. I think he has two or three there. So I don't Plus, know. I don't look. American Racer now is Deo going to put his track in the uh, American Racer Cup? I'm sure he will. Right, so Honda's uh, available for that, I believe. Grandview, I, t- I think, is too. Now does now most most of the American Racer. Uh, tracks are most of them. They only goes to, or they only has American right. Racer tracks. Now here's the question, because Friesen runs Fonda, yeah. and they was calling Utica Rome Fonda's sister track. Does Friesen uh-huh. leave Albany Saratoga oh, and go to Utica yeah. Rome? Does the show get held up so we can come in Friday nights? <laughs> right. Now, I don't know, because Albany Saratoga to, when I say Albany Saratoga to, to Utica Rome is an hour and a half. Yeah, but Friesen doesn't care how far it is. Somebody else drives this shit there. No, what I'm saying, the guys in the Capital District area, you're, like you said, you're putting out a thousand more dollars to win, and they're only much. an hour and a half from Utica Rome. Yeah. But it's Hoosier country up there, except for Fonda. Yeah. But so it's spent- like. Do you buy some extra tires to win a thousand, a chance to win a thousand more? I guess it depends on what the payout is. Yeah, it's like, huh. I mean, I guess it depends on what the payout is to the rest of the field, but I think that's posted somewhere. I think Brett Dale posted the payout. If if it's kind of evenly just, well, I would say if it's not bad like he does with the STSS, I'd say I would go, me as an owner or driver, I would go there, I would go to Utica Rome or anything that Dale has because a fifth place still pay pretty good. What is what is Utica Rome? Three eighths mile? I think it's a half. Is it a half? Half ish. That's a good question for some of the listeners. Somebody will know because there's people up. You know, we got people all over the place. Yeah, see, that's a tough question because then you go back to Shepherd. He runs Outlaw, so it wouldn't make a difference to him if he went to Outlaw or Utica Rome because both of them are American race retires. Just happens that Utica Rome would pay four hundred more to win. Outlaw pays two thousand to win weekly, and he runs well. Obviously, he runs well at both tracks. Right, so it's just uh, unless like, he's got. I don't, does he like I, Tyler Siri more? Does he like Brett Dale more? Well, I mean, he's running. He's running I mean, Dale series to full. I mean, De- full Dale, full three Dale gave him a fifty-three thousand dollar paycheck. So yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah. Till somebody else showed up. Yeah, so who knows? Oh, yeah, you, that's that's a great question. Who else is going to go? Tremont's going to stay at Albany, Saratoga, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's a lot of money. That's a big pay difference. What about Mahaney? Does Mahaney live there? Or Mahoney? The, yeah, does he go to Utica, Rome? And how far is uh, which? Is it Fulton or Brewerton that runs on Friday nights? Brewerton. How far is that from Utica, Rome? Oh, Utica, Rome. The I think that's an hour. So do they pull some cars from there? That's a big block track. That's that's a dirt sanctioned track. I I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't know what the pay is at Brewerton either. Yeah. So there's a. And what's Chris Moore's position at Utica, Rome? 
Is he the track man? Is he the track manager? Who, Chris Moore? Yeah. I, I and now lead announcer, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he got hired on as a full time short track super series employee, and he's going to New York, so I would only yeah, imagine I, he's going to Utica Rome or something. Yeah, but he could be selling shirts too as a full time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but would you move all the way to New York just to sell short shirts? I, if I get caught in, it depends what uh, Brett was I'm, offering I'm, me. I'm thinking he's getting, I'm thinking he moved to New York for some kind of management position. I bet he did. I bet he did. Um, Brewerton from Utica, Rome, 59 minutes. So they could get some cars from there. Maybe. Same same rules. Yeah, but who? Who's he going to take? Who's going to take from Brewerton? Because a lot of those guys are from. They're like a half hour from there. Okay, so that means they're a half hour from Utica, Rome, too, then. No, it depends which way you go, you knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> Would he be still? I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see who from where is going there. Yeah, he is because he takes care of everybody. Right. I'm I'm happy that he's uh, leasing the track. To be honest, because that track was up for sale, and who the hell would it, you know could have sat there like I hope he takes rolling wheels too. Yeah, and he's opened that back up, even though it's not a five eighths mile. Yeah, yeah J- Johnny Runette for everybody. <laughs> oh, Orange County. Yeah, no, Brian. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> oh, that's great. Wasn't great because he uh he stole my thunder from there. Stole oh, your thunder from Rolling Wheels. Oh, from oh, from the, from the old gal from the old gal. Yeah, Orange County. So I don't know. Who do we got coming up Monday night? The four banger, banger, banger champion from Gatorton, Tennessee, the arch rival of Scott Bloomquist, Gage Martinez, everybody. The mullet himself is going to be on Monday night. Who apparently sprained his wrist or something. Yeah. We'll, oh, we'll, ask, we'll ask him all. PBR Josh will ask him all about it. I think Josh is down there nursing him back to health as we speak. That's where he is on assignment. <laughs> yeah, that's his assignment. All right, kids. We like to thank uh the electric guitar, Johnny Gibson, for coming on tonight. We also like to thank our sponsor to keep us going. Comf- uh, <laughs> I screwed up. God damn. The comfort experts. Yes, the comfort experts. I want comfy. Oh, you comfy because they're going to make you comfy with all your HVAC, heating, cooling, and plumbing needs. Um. HVAC is heating and cooling, so you kind of just... Yeah, my son's giving me an Oreo cookie. He threw, he, uh, he threw, he threw daddy off right now. So for all your heating, cooling, and plumbing needs, call Kevin and Mike at 845-374-2000. They service the Hudson Valley, Rockland County, and all surrounding areas. Give them a call. They're the best. So for my co-host, Michael Clark Griswold. Peace. The ghost. Woo! Jennifer Houseman. And me the mouth. We are signing off, and you've been black flagged. Shut the f*** up!